Looking at you, Tony Baxter. Well, we wanted to kind of, uh, you thought it would be fun to discuss some Disney legends, some people that are signified Disney legends. Yeah, there's a whole category of these folks. It's a big deal. Yeah. Not everybody gets to be one. I would like to be a Disney legend, though, by the way. Would you? Sure. I wonder if they get any perks for being a Disney legend other than just being known as a Disney legend. I bet their name tag's gold. Ooh. Do you think they get free park tickets? I'm good. Yes, but I don't think they. I don't think that even um, Bob Iger has had a gold name tag, right? Like they're all white. I I have no idea. I these are the things I pay attention to. Folks. You would, yeah, you yeah. would pay attention to the name tags. Mm-hmm. That that I can tell you. But we're gonna we're gonna talk about a real Disney legend, Mr. Tony Baxter. See, I knew it. It's like I'm psychic. It's like I told you before we started. <laughs> I loved this idea, Tony Baxter, and. What he's done for the company. Yeah? Do you know what he's done for the company? Things. Things and stuff? What was the first thing he did? Well, I think it's it's fun to go back to where he actually started with the company. Yeah. Right? Because I literally don't know for sure. You don't know? Mm. Uh, he started in 1965. Dang. And he was hired on as an ice cream scooper on Main Street. Oh, no way. Yeah. Wow. In 1965, huh? 1960, 10 years after Disneyland opened, they put him in Disneyland. I hate to go right to the very end and spoil it, but he's still alive, right? Oh, wait, we're not spoiling that. Dang it. <laughs> Lip hangers, y'all. <laughs> of course, he's still alive. Uh, As of recording right now, he's still alive. Okay. So yes, you can. I'll I'll take the the pressure off of that because it makes it sound like he might have died. This is being released in like two hours, so I'm hoping it's still <laughs> accurate. Could you imagine just our timing? Um, and he didn't leave his full time position till 2013, at age 66. He as an ice cream scooper. As an ice cream scooper. <laughs> yeah, that was a, it. Was it was uh, 47 years of scooping ice cream on Main Whoa. Street. That's not true. <laughs> no, he wasn't scooping ice cream the whole time. But you you see, hear this a lot about the Disney company. It's the one thing that I do enjoy hearing about is that a lot of people start at, at regular positions and Disney likes to promote from within and bring those people up. Yeah. Which I always think is the best way to do it. Uh, it shows respect for your employees and it shows that with enough ambition and with a little imagination, you can move up in the company. Which Work is for a while. <laughs> well, just kidding. He started the company. But how do you go from ice cream scooper to 
legend. To legend, yeah. <laughs> um, jump. His his final his final official title was senior vice president of creative development. Mm. Um, which is to say, he got to do all the fun stuff. Right, it's completely true. Let's be honest, he got to do a lot of fun stuff during his career. Well, I'm not even complaining about ice cream scooping. No, that sounds like a fun job. I would do that for I, at Disneyland. I would do it. You know what I mean? Like in, at right. a Disney park, I would do it. Mm-hmm. Even at Baskin Robbins, it would be fine. But it would be much more fun to do it at like Disney. They have fun costumes and stuff that they wear at Disney, and yeah. people are usually pretty happy to be getting ice cream at Disney. I would think so. Yeah. I, I don't know that I got the muscles for it. I hear scooping ice cream takes a lot of arm strength. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I can. Yeah, that's a good point. I've never done it all day long, so I don't know. You might need to start working out. Working out my ice cream muscles. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't mean just eating it. That means actually scooping it. Uh, see, this is the problem. Yeah. It's too much work. We're already out. True story. Um, so... I'm going to go over some of the the major things that Tony Baxter did during his 47 years with a Disney company, which is super okay. impressive. Um, he designed Thunder Mountain. Wow. Um, for those of you that don't know or haven't listened to the other podcast, Thunder Mountain was the first uh, roller coaster designed by a computer hmm. at Disney, right? Yeah. Um, and so he worked on all the theming and the construction and oversaw all of that. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty that's big, a big deal. That's a big project. Yeah. Um, he also oversaw the remodel of Fantasyland at Disneyland in 1983. Oh, okay. Um, it was a big deal then too. Uh, before 1983, Fantasyland in Disneyland uh, had kind of a circus theme. There was mm. a lot of tents and uh fabric and that sort of thing i'm hearing affordable yes quick and affordable (laughs) peppy and cheap and they uh during for the 1983 remodel they brought it up to where it is now where it looks more medieval stonework oh um, it does yeah you're right that type of stuff yeah um and you said that through that they even moved rides around and stuff right they did shuffle things around a bit yeah mm. i the the teacups were originally in fantasy land um, oh they're not they've anymore. kind of moved them over a little bit there at disneyland yeah they're kind of on the edge of it now yeah they are You're alice right. is in general kind of on the edge of the fantasy land because it's right in next more to the ways than one. Oh, all right <laughs> drink me drink me <laughs> um he also uh, came up with the idea. He had the original idea for Splash Mountain. I thought that was the case. That is Mr. Baxter. Um, and we do know now that there has been confirmation that they are going to change Splash Mountain to a Princess and the Frog themed attraction. Yeah. Um, and they are bringing Mr. Tony Baxter on as a consultant for that changeover now i gotta tell you this is like the sweetest thing that they are bringing him back to to be a consultant on it and yeah. to get his guidance on how to revamp the ride like i think that's just fantastic it totally makes sense for somebody who worked on the original ride to be able to give advice give opinion from an original perspective mm-hmm. i think is important um because he did help design it, obviously, so he knows the ins and out of, outs of it. He knows the specs really well. Um, right. And beyond that, even, too, just, like, making sure that the um, 
history and the you know like it, that it continues to carry forth if you will the integrity you know? of the yeah. ride like I, I think that's the reason that i think that it's so cool plus they get a chance you know to like yeah update it with the way that it's being updated right you know? so that's fantastic it's gonna be great people oftentimes are very cautious about retheming rides or changing things in rides uh specifically pirates people have been um questioning the changes in there very often and a lot of times the original imagineers um are consulted you know they'll go to them and say what do you think about this and sometimes they're pro and sometimes they're against so it's always nice to have that perspective um and be respectful um of the ride that's all that was there before right yeah um and disney's usually really good at that too uh they'll usually leave some sort of wink and a nod to whatever ride they've taken out in the new ride for instance uh in magic kingdom they took mr toad's wild ride out to put in winnie the pooh in their fantasy land you love that ride uh, yeah sure and when you when you're riding the winnie the pooh ride uh, you can see there's a framed picture of Toad handing the deed to Toad Hall over. Oh, yes, I um, do. So they, they try to do stuff like that to make sure that they're respectful to whatever was there before. And I think that's a nice thing, too. Do you think he gets to help rename the ride? Oh, I think he probably should. Do you think they are going to rename it? Uh, I, think, I think they have to. They have to. Um, I think we've talked about that a little bit, that I was like, man, if they don't leave Mountain in the title... It's going to mess up all my patches. I was going to have another Splash Mountain patch. I guess I could still do it, technically. But, yeah. I would like it to stay a mountain, personally. I don't know how they would do that. The Bayou Mountain, Tiana's Mountain. I don't Hmm. know what you would call it at that point. Yeah, that could be a thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, Splash Mountain. Thanks, Tony Baxter, and welcome back for being an advisor on that. Welcome back. Yeah. 1965 to today. It's a long career. That is a long day. That's a long day for sure. That's a long work day. Um, He also, near and dear to my heart, led uh, a team of people that worked on the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland, uh, which is my favorite ride. Okay. Um, They didn't, what I read, he didn't, like, he wasn't in charge of the whole thing, but he was in charge of a team that worked on it. They broke it up into 16 sections or something? I I assume, yeah. That was a massive, massive ride when it was being developed and built, and it was, it changed everything, didn't it? It still is a massive ride, honestly. For people um, who haven't been on it, it is, it's... I hate when people say, ooh, this ride isn't a ride, it's an experience. But the Indiana Jones, uh, I guess to call it an attraction, the Indiana Jones attraction is an experience. As soon as you even just walk into Adventureland, and as soon as you hit that, uh, the beginning of the queue for Indiana Jones, it is an experience all the way through. I wonder when they were building that, if they... Because they built, it's completely on the other side of the Burmoff property, you know? Yeah. Right? I So they could have literally been building the entire ride forever and never had anybody inside the park really know about it. Sure. Up until the part, it was like basically the very last couple of weeks, they could have bit done the connection into the main pathway mm. and then opened it then. I know they didn't really do that because they 
if I'm guessing completely on this, right, that uh-huh. they would have been promoting it for years. Yes. That there was a wall there, like, coming soon. Yeah, there's ah. a lot of that, like, all that fantasticness yeah. that they like to do. But that would have been fun to, like, just open it one day and then just be like, huge ride right here. Yeah. I, I, unfortunately, that's not how Disney so does things. Um, but they did, they took over the Eeyore parking lot to oh. build Indiana Jones. And, like the Winnie the Pooh ride, um, the Eeyore sign for the parking lot is still in the attraction. <laughs> they even give homage to a parking lot. They that's do. hilarious. And I think that's appropriate, right? I know this is a crazy question, but was Eeyore parking lot a flat level ground parking lot? Because that's how parking lots were done yes. back then, right? Yeah, so there, it, was it wasn't a structure. No structure, just a parking lot. Yeah. Okay. Much like Animal or uh, all of the Walt Florida Disney Parks. World stuff does now, right? Yeah, there's no parking structure around. No, there should be, but I mean, they own all that land, so, so why? why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe one day. Yeah. Um, he also uh, worked on retheming the submarines to Finding Nemo at Disneyland. Oh, okay. Um, which we enjoy very much. I do love that ride. It's surprisingly good. Yeah, like I remember riding it as a kid uh, when it was, I don't know, I'm trying to remember what it was called now. It it wasn't really themed to anything outside of you're just in the submarines. And yeah. my family always just called it the submarines. Yeah, I bet that's right. Um, and uh, so when they said they were remaking it, I think a lot of people were excited for that because it had been neglected for so long right it had basically been closed for a good number of years and they were thinking about making mm. it an atlantis attraction and then atlantis didn't do as well as they had wanted it to oh that's crazy and so yeah when the idea came up to turn it into a finding nemo one it just kind of fit in my opinion when you and i wrote it for the first time when you took me on it for the first time was that the first time you've been on the nemo version yes Okay. Usually because uh, the the submarines are always a long line. Right. Uh, because loading and unloading out of the submarines. Oh, it's unbelievably crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> you have to go up and down spiral staircases. <laughs> like, I can't figure out how they made that compliant. Right. For disabled people or anyone that has any kind of, like, a cane or, like, feet prop. Like... Walking up and down do spiral it? stairs must be real difficult. I don't remember. Anyway, I'll have to look. Yeah. Next I don't podcast. recall. Yeah. Uh, so I I remember specifically being really, uh, I enjoyed walking past there and they'd put the, the seagulls out and they would mm. just randomly go off going mine, 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 mine. Oh, okay. And everybody was like, what is going on over there? You know? Uh-huh come to find out they're putting in Nemo there. And it just, it was a perfect marriage of a attraction and a IP in my opinion. That is fantastic. Had you been on the submarines prior to us going on them for the Nemo? Like yeah. back in the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had been back then. Yeah, like I said before, it wasn't, I can't remember what it was themed as. Right. I remember there were mermaids and I remember the, there was a sea serpent at the end of it that blew bubbles out of his nose. Uh. But I was really young, and I, I, I was perpetually terrified of everything. So I think I was probably really nervous getting on the ride, yeah. 
and then I would see glimpses of things. And I'm sure you could probably go back on YouTube now and see what it was before. Right. Um, I have so many more questions. But we'll about the submarines. Yeah, we'll come back to it on another podcast. <laughs> Special podcast coming soon. About the submarines. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> All right. Uh, we can do that, I guess. Um, and so he's uh, he was also basically uh, the main anchor for Disneyland Paris, mm. um, designing things. Um, Jeez, that's a job. Yeah. Oh, I would take it. Building a whole amusement park in uh and we've gone over this before in an area where people weren't excited for you to go in there in the first place yeah it must be very daunting <laughs> uh and <laughs> the fact that it wasn't well received initially was probably really devastating for Everybody. the team that worked on it oh, honestly for sure. um now people seem to really enjoy it and say it's a very pretty pretty park um, and very timeless because they made sure not to put in like a future world. Mm, um, that's nice. They they tried to theme it in such a way that it would function uh, without getting dated. I heard it's uh, one of the most perfect parks. It's not too big. It's not too small. It's very pretty. It's very walkable, you know. Yeah. Lots of things like that about Paris. So good for you, Tony Baxter. Yeah. Thanks for giving us a perfect sized park. A perfect park, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I I've heard nice things about it for sure. I obviously have not been there personally. Mm. Um I'm overall just really impressed with um the scope of what Tony Ma Baxter took on during his career with Disney is so vast, which is what I love most about these creative type positions where you can go from designing Thunder Mountain to designing a submarine ride. You know, it's pretty fun. Like that's the thing that I think is the most interesting about the Imagineer type position is that no two jobs are exactly the same. Oh, yeah. And you get to really push the envelope and try to be creative and unique in different ways every time you're starting on a new project. Was Paris the end of his career, like, uh, grand finale, if you will? <laughs> uh, I think so. I think he was like, I think Paris probably wore him right out, uh -huh. honestly. <laughs> like, something like that definitely i think is a major undertaking and probably is one of those things that once you finish it you kind of go well that is my magnum opus right mm -hmm. there like i i don't know many people that can say i was integral in building a whole amusement park you know what i mean uh the guy who did animal kingdom he still sticks around after that. Joe Rody and keeps yeah. on going, and he keeps on going. Yeah, and does bigger and smaller projects. All, I guess not bigger. How do you get bigger than that? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how you do that either. And we'll do, uh, we'll definitely do a podcast on Joe Rody. Um, I think the idea is that these people, um, they get up there in age and things, and it's really you know, you need to be able to think fast and move a lot of places and travel a lot and things like that. Right. And so I just don't think it's uh, practical. Right. Once you get to a certain age where you're like, I am more than happy to give you ideas, but that's about all I can give you at this point. Well, and even Tony Baxter is coming back for a smaller project of sorts. Right. But, right. Like compared. Well, and he, when I say he retired, he didn't really like say, I'm not doing any more work. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm stepping down from this 
lofty position and I will be around. Right. Obviously, you're more than willing. I'm more than willing to answer questions or offer advice. I just am not being the head of anything anymore. Oh, sounds great. Because it's a lot of work. You know, that's right. (laughs) Um, But I thought uh, to round out his career, the nice finish to this story is that now on Main Street, where he worked in the ice cream shop, he now has a window. And windows are are very, um, they're very important to Disney people. Uh, Originally, when Walt built the park, uh, his father had a window. um, And by have a window means uh, he has his name painted on it as a business, basically. Mm. Um, Part of the inspiration for our patches originally. Right. Wasn't it? Partially. It was more uh, uh, Toontown's businesses that I thought would be fun to make yeah. into patches but yeah that basic concept of like wink wink nudge nudge here's a, a business that you need to know you know you need to be in on otherwise you might just walk right by it and not realize because originally all the patches were going to be like kind of like side gigs of characters right was kind of the idea originally yeah and then people completely uh, yeah yeah so now we're a little bit more broad in our development well <laughs> uh, yeah because sometimes they don't get it right <laughs> and that makes me sad it's so true. it's so true um but tony's window on main street uh it, it says main street marvels tony baxter inventor imagination is at the heart of our creations oh and i think that's a really fitting way of giving tribute to an imagineer that had such a prolific career throughout disney history yeah literally starting from 10 years after disneyland opened yeah you're right yeah he's there he's been there from the beginning which you know we're really fortunate to have people around still around that were there from the very beginning it is true we've talked to your grandparents before about that too like oh you live back you moved here when oh that was before disney was even open that's yeah. crazy to think about what was it like she's like oh i don't know <laughs> and my grandma was not how a big would i disney know fan. what anaheim was like back in <laughs> 1952 yeah she, she they don't they're not as fascinated by disney history as we are for sure right it's true uh but that's that's the story of how tony baxter became a disney legend uh, he's legend ice cream all the way up all the way up mm. uh so you know if you're interested in more disney legends we will probably do a couple more of these um and i'm gonna do them all is there a list of course yeah there's a list oh, yeah. i love a list uh but there are there are some that are not like park related there are some movie related disney legends and things like that that would be fine i I think think Whoopi goldberg is a disney legend oh that'd be i would be okay with that yeah julie andrews of course is oh of course i mean like that's not even a question right yeah like they even announce it disney legend julie andrews yeah exactly (laughs) anytime she shows up to any disney function it's disney legend julie andrews so dame julie andrews excuse me oh my goodness so many titles so fancy (laughs) but it's like i always say sometimes you just have to live long enough to become a legend follow my perfectly sculpted two-finger point to the exit if you enjoyed today's podcast rate review us on your favorite podcast app and if you didn't help us do better by buying a patch at disneypatch.com always be proud of what makes you unique and we'll see you next time on the obscure disney podcast